You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What is good, everybody? Welcome into Benny and the Bets, a week 14 and college football bowl game edition. We are presented, of course, by our friends over at PXG. Make sure you guys check them out. PXG Kansas City or by visiting pxg.com. This is someone that I've been wanting to have on for a while. Uh, fantastic follow across all the different social media platforms. You currently find his work over at FTN Bets. Javon Alford, you should be following at Javon10, is on with us today. What's happening, my man? It's good to see you. I know. Same. It's good to see you as well. Like we said before the show, the last time I, uh, last time we got to see each other on camera, I think was like draft night, I think it was. Draft night yeah. on the FTN cast. So it's been a minute and we were pulled through the pod, beginning of the college football season. So better late than never. Happy to be on with you. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, a day that initially I remember thinking to myself, boy, are the Bears going to regret not taking Bryce Young? Because I remember one Mike Tannenbaum referenced him and I, I quote this is a true quote and he's got a little Steph Curry in him man people are wrong about the NFL draft and it shows yeah and there's no there's there's no Steph Curry in Bryce Young's game but I don't know if that's because of Bryce Young or the current situation that they dealing in with Carolina so but like he says the draft no one knows anything yeah um, it's going to be fun. And, you know, especially here in Kansas city, like, I got, I'm a bear fan living in Kansas city. And I, I joke all the time that, um, you know, what, what better place for, for me to be than, uh, to watch the quarterback that should have been a bear, uh, go out and continue to, to light the world on fire. Are, have you been watching? I, I know you're an Eagles guy, so this has been, uh, an interesting season for, for you as well. When you look at the chiefs from afar, uh, do you still kind of look at them with the same fear that so many other fan bases had? Or do you think more than ever, this is a team that is beatable and probably won't be back either in an AFC championship game or a Super Bowl this year? Beatable, I could see it. But again, any every and any time you still have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Steve Spagnuolo on that sideline, you always have a chance to win every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, doesn't matter what time they're playing, you always have a chance to, you know, play. I think from an outsider's point of view with the Chiefs, I feel as if they just really had, like all the good teams really this year, outside of the Cowboys, right? The Niners, Eagles, Chiefs, right? They have all had this un- unfortunate stretch of games where they lose and you're just like, what happened? And I think that's been the same thing for the Chiefs, right? Heck, three on three but they lost three out of the last four but you easily could have said if Marquez Valdez Scantlin doesn't drop that pass against the Eagles that's a win right last week against if Kadarius Tony doesn't go off sides and if that was not caught Chiefs walk away with a win and then the Packers game I think which was the most surprising for me the Packers just straight up you know came out and dominated and as we see the Packers are better than I think a lot of people realize and they started to pick it up Lately, so I think outside of point of view, I still think this is a very good team. I think this is a team that, granted, they're having their struggles right now in the regular season. When it's postseason time, I think they know when it's time to win and time to get down to business. I I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, and I think it's a good opportunity. And over the course of today's show, 
We'll dive into the Chiefs matchup against New England, seeing the spread starting to move in favor towards the Patriots from eight and a half to seven and a half at some books. We'll dive into that matchup. We'll we'll also get Javon's thoughts uh, on some of the key games this weekend in the NFL, also on the college side as well. Um, but I want to talk futures with you to, to kind of kick things off, starting with that number one seed. Because if you look at the Chiefs' schedule the rest of the way, it's a very winnable schedule. They're on the road at New England. Even with the movement towards the Patriots and the rumors that Bill Belichick is likely on his way out, uh, this is still a Chiefs team on the road uh, as more than a touchdown favorite. Then you have the Raiders. Granted, they put up a lot of points, but that was against the Chargers team that had clearly quit on their coach. Brandon Staley, of course, getting fired along with their GM today. Uh, then Cincinnati without Joe Burrow, with uh, with Browning at quarterback. That game is also at Arrow, had to close the season. And then on the road, week 18 against the Chargers and Easton Stick and whatever they're going to throw out there. So I bring this up because the number one seed is still very much up for grabs in the AFC. And right now, Baltimore is the definitive favorite at minus 110. But they have an interesting game on the road to Jacksonville this week. And so if they lose, you got some value still on the board with Kansas City. If they win out, I, I think they have as good of a chance as anybody to go ahead and still remain that number one team. And they're three to one along with Miami. So between Baltimore at minus 110 versus Miami and Kansas City at plus 300, who do you like to to ultimately claim that number one seed? And, and do you think there's value still on the board with Kansas City? I definitely think there's value with Kansas City at 3-1 because we also have to think we also have to think about Baltimore and Miami stuff so to play with play against each other, right? So automatically right. there, that's gonna eliminate somebody out of the picture, almost like how Balt almost like how it has been, you know, before, you know, this stretch, you know, everybody was meant Jacksonville was in the mix, but they've kind of fallen by the wayside. So if you're if you're a Chiefs fan or somebody think about betting on the Chiefs at three to one, I think that's a great move right now because like I said, Baltimore and Miami are going to probably eliminate one of themselves from the number one overall pick. I mean, from the number one seat conversation. And then Baltimore also still has to play San Francisco yeah. on Christmas, which is a very tough matchup um, late in the season. That's going to be, you know, a fantastic game. So when you consider that and then you consider can, uh, Miami dealing, you know, with the Tyreek Hill injury, who, you know, we don't know yet if he's going to play or not play. Uh, this week, you factor that in, and then, like you just mentioned, the schedule quarterbacks that Kansas City has coming up. You couldn't ask for a better, you know, gauntlet of quarterbacks to go through, right? Bailey Zappi, Aiden O'Connell, who you just saw a few weeks ago, got out to a lead, but then what the Kansas City do what they did best? They come back and put right. that game away. And then, like I said, Easton Stick, all right, granted, he put up some numbers, but his Charger offense did not look good, uh, you know, on Thursday night against the Raiders. So if you're only huge test maybe if a Bengals team who has looked well and played well with Jake Brown who's also competing for a playoff spot you gotta like their op you gotta like their chances because again both of those teams ahead of them you know Miami and also the Ravens they have a couple of tough matchups that they're going to have to try to navigate through through these last you know three or four weeks of regular season yeah I, I think the fact that Baltimore has a few unique challenges out of them uh Tells you everything that you need to know. And also Miami having concerns about Tyreek Hill's availability. Uh, again, it's it's less to me about what the Chiefs have shown you offensively. It's more about the schedule in front of them. Because they have beaten up on bad teams this year. And you can make a very consistent argument that all four of those teams are, are 
maybe with the exception of Cincinnati, I, I don't buy that the Raiders are all of a sudden a good team. I think they're just playing harder and it's the NFL. So right. by nature on a week to week level, you know, when you play hard and you still have NFL talent, it, it's going to show up better um, on a week to week basis. But you brought up Tyreek Hill. We had this conversation maybe about five, six weeks ago on the show with uh, Rafael Esparza, um, who's a professional odds maker. And he talked about how he felt like this was the year that given where Tyreek Hill was going with on pace to not just break Calvin Johnson's all-time um, single-season receiving record in yards, um, but shatter it by by more than 100 yards. Uh, and also, given what we saw last week with Hill coming in and out of the game and the difference he made when he was on the field versus when he was off the field, I, I believe that there is still a legitimate argument that not necessarily for offensive player of the year, but legitimate MVP um, I think Tyreek Hill is deserving if he maintains the level that he's on. But you still have Dak as the favorite at plus 150 at DraftKings, Brock Purdy right behind him at plus 185, and then it breaks a little bit further. Lamar at plus 475, Jalen Hurts at plus 650, who I believe should have been the MVP last year if not for him missing those couple games. And I still believe, too, Javon, that he should have been the MVP last year, and I took a lot of flack for that here in Kansas City. But then it's Tyreek Hill at 16-1, Patrick Mahomes at 16-1, and then Josh Allen, two right behind that. Uh, who are you looking at right now for MVP? And, and do you look at this year saying if Tyreek is able to stay on the field and keep up this pace, that maybe this is someone that we really need to be considering, even though he's not a quarterback? Yeah, I agree with you. I think with how that Dolphins offense looked on Monday night against a Tennessee squad who, again, they're in the same bucket with the Raiders and the Patriots, like they're not a good, a good, great team, but they played hard. We kind of saw what happens when you take Tyreek Hill away from that offense. Granted, you still have speed with Mostert and Achain and and Jalen Waddle, but it's a completely different ball game now. You you can now double cover, you know, or bracket coverage with a Jalen Waddle and say, hey, well, you can do whatever you want because there's no Tyreek Hill on the other side. Like he's yeah. that much of a game breaker. And a, and, a, and a playmaker that, you know, he warrants double coverage and he doesn't need many catches to create a big play, you know, or do anything spectacular on the field. So I think, like you said, with the pace that he's on, you know, if he can reach, I don't know if it's going to be, again, with his injury, if he's going to be able to hit that 2,000 yard, you know, mark, he's able to do that. I mean, he has to get some considerable amount of votes, but granted, people could also put it in the same category. Well, we saw what Cooper Cup did and he's still, and he didn't win uh, MVP. So I think there's a really strong, compelling case for Tyreek Hill. And I would even say for Lamar at, at plus 475, if he can lead the Raiders, I mean the Ravens, excuse me, to that number one overall seed in the AFC, which means you'll have to beat that those Miami that Miami Dolphins team, I think there could be something to be said to that. Granted, Lamar isn't putting up gaudy passing numbers like Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. You're throwing 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, but He's he's playing probably the best football we've probably seen since his MVP year, but he's doing it in a very efficient way. I think he's close to or at least hitting seventy percent of his you know passes this season in Ted Mockins in Todd Mockins' offense. So you got to be you know really you know impressed with what he's doing there. You know running the ball just with you know and making plays and having moments. Right, I think for MVP it also counts to like are you having those MVP ish moments and. Both of those guys are having MVP moments. In addition to, like you said, the Dax and the Purdies, who both coincidentally went up in the MVP rankings after they beat the Philadelphia Eagles in consecutive weeks. 
Yeah, I the, the Lamar argument I think is very fair, and especially if they're able to solidify themselves as that number one seed, I I think the argument certainly goes up in his favor. It, it's hard to hold some of those numbers as you mentioned against him because of the fact that they're balanced and they've been balanced too after losing J.K. Dobbins at the beginning of the year, who was set to have a breakout year. And they've resurrected Odell Beckham Jr. And Zay Flowers has put up really solid numbers. You know, a guy that I kept waiting for and Rashad Bateman uh, to show up hasn't really shown up, but they're they're getting contributions from all over the field. Isaiah Likely has stepped right in for Mark Andrews. He's done a really nice job. Um, The the defense has shown out plenty of times this year. So um, he might get knocked because of the numbers not comparing to Dak, but I'd also argue that this week against Buffalo, will be a very interesting line test for Prescott. And right now, Baltimore, Buffalo is favored by two at home. And um, this is a, a player in Josh Allen right now that is playing probably the the most consistent football um, of his career over the last handful of weeks once they fire Ken Dorsey. So um, that's going to be a measuring stick game for Dak. If Dallas goes out and blows off Buffalo's doors, um, then he's going to run away with it. But if they lose that game and and Dak struggles away from home, which he has in the past, Mm -hmm. I I think this MVP race is once again, wide open. One other, one other future that I'm curious to get your perspective on, because this is where I feel like the, the legitimate value lies. I'm looking at the board of DraftKings for coach of the year. Dan Campbell still is the favorite, which I don't understand. Detroit was supposed to take that next step this year. They have, but over the last month or so, they've looked very iffy. Lost a couple of questionable games, certainly that game against the Bears. Probably should have lost both games to Chicago this year. Uh, the guy that I took preseason in D'Amico Ryans is second at plus 300, and the guy that I feel is very deserving, even if they miss out on the playoffs, given where they were, and mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud's emergence um, to being the undisputed rookie of the year. But I think where the value ultimately lies uh, is sort of in the middle of the pack. Shane Steichen, six to one with Indianapolis. They have a big game this weekend um, on the road. I or excuse me, at home against Pittsburgh. Got to win that game. Um, Kyle Shanahan has done masterful things with this offense and with Brock Purdy. I think he needs to be considered. Sean Payton, if Denver certainly were to overtake Kansas City, he's a shoe in. Um, but then I, I look at Kevin Stefanski and Zach Taylor, and I say to myself, those are my two favorite values on the board. Stefanski with Cleveland in this spot where they're eight and five after losing Deshaun Watson for the season, after losing Nick Chubb at the beginning of the year with a defense that's been struggling, but only due to injury, they're going to get in Javon with double digit victories this year. This team has no business having double digit victories. I think he's coached them up exceptionally well. Joe Flacco comes in. He's looked good. And then, if Zach Taylor is able to get Cincinnati to go from last to first this year, hard for him to not be considered as well at 22 to one. So uh, looking at the board, I look at the value there and say to myself, there's still plenty of it. Um, who would you give the award to at this point? And, and whose odds do you like? It's tough. Cause like you said, there's so many good options this year and there's so many strong, you know, cases and narratives that can be built around each guy, right? Like you said, D'Amico Ryan's what he's able to been what he's done in in Houston has just been tremendous, right? He's made this team a team that you really want to watch every Sunday to see, you know, can they get that comeback win? Can they pull off, you know, uh, a miracle at the end? Like they he has them playing on well on both sides of the ball. You mentioned Stefanski. I mean, like you said, what he's doing has just been incredible, right? Lose Nick Chubb early, 
you can you don't panic, right? You did, you did, um, you brought in Kareem Hunt again, but you still got Jerome Ford, so you didn't panic there. Yeah. Quarterback has been a rotating door, right? Rotating door of Deshaun Watson, PJ Walker, DTR, who I love, and also now Joe Flacco. And you found some, you fell, you hit, you you struck lightning in the bottle with Joe Flacco. So I think, like you said, if they're able to do it, I like him as well. And I, I think. Shane Steichen, like you said, is a very sneaky, very sneaky play, right? Because the Jaguars haven't looked so hot lately in that South. And I don't know how many games off the top of my head that they're behind uh, behind the Jaguars in the division. If, and it's a huge if, if they can somehow make that race close towards the end of the season here. You gotta give them. You gotta give them some love because everybody kind of thought this team was kind of done when yeah. Anthony Richardson came out. Because you're just like, all right, your top quarterback that you you know kind of built your offense around. We don't know exactly what this team is going to be able to do, but he's able to take a guy in Mitchell who we had last year, bring him in, you know, essentially same offense and put up numbers. I think this team, outside of only a few games this season, has been a lock to score twenty points like every single week, and that's. A testament to what he's been doing on offense with a Gardner Minshew, with a Zach, with a Zach Moss, with you know Jonathan Taylor not being on the team and getting hurt, and being now he's you know back out again. He's what he able, what he's been able to do, you know, has just been incredible. So I I can't really choose who I who I like yeah. because, like I said, all of them are so great. Um, as far as your question about the uh, Houston and, and Indianapolis. Uh, they're only a game behind Jacksonville. They're both seven. Um, so it's very much open for for grabs. Although I think Jacksonville getting a a pretty big tiebreaker win a little bit earlier uh, yep. will help. Guess, but DraftKings yeah. has Houston at plus one ten to make the playoffs, and then Indy at plus one twenty five. So that's also something worth considering as well. That the odds makers uh, over at DK believe Houston has a slightly better chance to get themselves in the postseason, even though they're both at plus money. Um, mm. Fascinating race in the AFC uh, as to how ultimate, everything will ultimately shake out. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the upcoming games for this week. I know there's a, a few props that you're on. We'll get to those in just a second. But um, the, the way that I look at this Chiefs matchup against New England, and we've seen the line move you know, back and forth throughout the course of the week. Uh, right now, DraftKings, if you're looking for uh, you know, a positive Chiefs angle, um, they're currently available at minus eight. That's one of the lower numbers uh, across the board. New England uh, at plus eight. Uh, total for this game coming in at just 37 points uh, over at DK. Um, I, I got to look at the Chiefs and say to myself, boy, them and the Rams at minus six and a half make for a very ideal teaser spot. You take Kansas City, you bring them down. I was able to get them at seven and a half the other day. So now I have Kansas City minus one and a half and basically the Rams at a pick them. But uh, Kansas City on the road against New England. Uh, yeah, the Patriots are starting to play a little bit better on defense, but uh, you expect me to believe that Bailey Zappi, the rest of this Patriots offense is going to move the ball against uh, a, a top five Kansas City defense right now? I certainly don't. That's how I'm going to be betting this game, teasing them with the Rams. But I think there's a couple other plays on the board as well. But uh, tell me how you evaluate and handicap this matchup. No, I agree with you. I do like that tease, uh, honestly, because I think the number got as high as what nine in some spots, you know, yeah, with the Chiefs. So added at nine and a half beginning of the week. 
Right. So I think that comes down, obviously, because of the Pacheco, you know, being out again right. uh, for Kansas City. But like you said, even at eight, like I wouldn't fault nobody for taking KC straight up at eight because you got to think after how last week went against Buffalo, you got to think that this team is determined and on a mission to like just go out and just hammer the Patriots. Like you said, granted, the Patriots look better against the Steelers, but I think that says a lot about the Steelers, too, you know, in this respect. Or from how they've kind of faded over the last, you know, three or four games. Um, I like I like Casey minus the eight just because I think even without Pacheco, I know the 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 Patriots have a very solid run defense. I still think the Chiefs will be able to get something on the ground to help open up that passing game for Rasheed Rice, for Travis Kelsey, and then defensively, like you said, do we really expect Bailey Zappi to throw for three touchdowns again? <laughs> like he did against Pittsburgh, which was tremendous. But again, I just don't see that, especially with how this Chiefs front seven has been playing with Chris Jones, you know, with Carl Loftus off the off the edge there. I think there's a lot to like here in this spot. And I would even think about the under two, just because of this, how volatile this Patriots offense has been. They scored 21 last week, but again, before that, we've only seen them score what? 10 7, you know, was shut out. Remember, they got shut out a couple of weeks ago by the yeah. Chargers, and the Chargers won 6 0. So I could see a spot where maybe KC wins potentially, you know, maybe 27, you know, 27 7, or, you know, 30 to like 3, just because I. I just don't see this going over. That would mean that the Patriots are putting up points, and I just yeah. don't see you, 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 you see Kansas City coming out pissed. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm with you there. Um, the key number is 20. This is from uh, my, our guy and uh, former friend of the show. Uh, not former friend. I, I consider him a friend of the show. Uh, and Evan Abrams. When the Chiefs defense allows more than 20 points this year, they are 0-5 both straight up and against the spread. The Chiefs are 8-0 straight up 7-1 against the spread when the defense allows 20 points or less. New England's not getting 20 on this team. Let's uh, no. <laughs> think they're not getting no. 20 on, on almost any team. Maybe maybe they get 20 on uh, the current uh, state of the LA Chargers, but uh, you know that that might be it. And then also remember that second half unders have been a great profitable yep. play for Chiefs this year. They're 12-1. Uh, and fourth quarter unders are also 12 and one for the Chiefs this year. All right, one more on the NFL. I know you got a couple plays uh, and a couple props this week uh, that you're going to be on. Tell us uh, a little bit about where we should go and where what we should consider. Yeah, for me, um, in Saturday's game because we got a triple header. The NFL decided to give us three football Let's games on, on Saturday, so I'm, I like Cortland Sutton over 53 and a half receiving yards, which you can get over at DraftKings. If you want to shop around, you can do so, but I love this number still at 53 and a half. Last week against the Chargers, three receptions on four targets for 62 yards and a touchdown. He's going against the Detroit defense that has allowed 71.6 receiving yards per game to wide receiver ones this season. We saw what DJ Moore was able to do against this Lions secondary uh, last week, and I don't see Cortland Sutton having any issues this week. He's going over this number in 7 out 13 games. And in his last four, he's averaging 66 and a half receiving yards per game on five and a half targets. So I like that spot uh, for him, uh, especially because this is, again, must win for, for the Broncos. They want to continue to make that playoff push. And I don't see um, Russell Wilson going away from uh, Sutton. And then from last play, I like Isaiah Likely over 
uh, 32 and a half receiving yards, which you can, which you can find, you can shop around, but I also like the number as high as 34 and a half, um, at a lot, at a lot of places. Uh, last week he had five receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown, seven targets against the Rams defense mm. that was ranked bottom third in DVOA against tight ends, uh, heading into that game last week. Now this week they go against, uh, the Ravens go against the Jaguars who are ranked 16th in DVOA tight end here. And they allow 59 receptions, uh, 59 receiving yards, excuse me, per game to the tight end position. We've seen likely over the last few weeks get more involved in the passing game and look more like the guy that I think we all expected coming out of Coastal Carolina being that more receiving threat. And I think that's only going to help unlock this Baltimore offense to another level. All right, so Corlin Sondland, Isaiah Likely, both players on the board for our guests this week. Javon Alford, you should be following uh, across Axon Twitter at Jovan10. You should read his work as well over at FTN Bets. I was actually going through the splits tool right now on FTM bets to look at whether or not Cortland Sutton has put up better numbers indoors versus outdoors over the course of his career. Um, the, the numbers don't make a, a ton of difference, but I will say late in the season, man, it matters. And especially with Russell Wilson throwing the deep ball, uh, I'd rather have him indoors uh, in December than anywhere else, certainly in mile high. So uh, I like that opportunity for Sutton, uh, for Cortland Sutton to Go deep, get a couple big plays on the board as well. When we come back, we're going to talk a little college football. Uh, got some plays on some of the upcoming matchups for this weekend. I'll get Javon's thoughts on some of the local team angles as well. Plenty to dive into here. Stay with us. It's Benny and the Bets, presented by PXG. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a very busy time, and it can also be a time of giving to your family or to your community. It can also be a time of a little bit of extra added stress possibly to your life, whether it's from holiday travel, financial stress, or from being around your family that can add extra stress to your life. You might be extra focused on giving to your family or to your community, and maybe losing a little bit of giving to yourself. The holidays are always a great time to give to others, but sometimes it might be better to sometimes focus on yourself as well. So whether that's by starting therapy or going easy on yourself during tough moments, or maybe treating yourself to a day of rest, remember to give yourself some extra love during this holiday season. Therapy can be a great way to give yourself that extra love. It can make you feel grounded. It can help you remove some extra stress, maybe from your life, or help release burdens that you might have. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash KCSN for 10% off your first month. All right, everybody, welcome back. Javon Alford is with us on Twitter at Javon10, he of FTN Bets. Which, which has been a more fun area for you to dive into uh, when you're handicapping games? Has it been the NFL? Has it been college football or... Um, are there any other avenues that uh, you probably enjoy most of all? That's a good question. It, it's a mixture of everything, right? With the NFL, I like diving into the player props and really, you know, getting into the numbers because there's so many different stats that you can dive into. 
and kind of like find like good spots and good angles. So NFL for props for me, definitely. I think that's across all sports, right? Baseball, basketball, anytime there's like a prop market that, you know, you have, you know, a ton of stats for, I think, you know, that's been uh, fun for me. And even college, you know, this year in college, you know, doing it heavily for the first time uh, this year, instead of just taking, you know, the spreads and the money lines, like looking at team totals, you know, team total touchdowns, like those little obscure props that I don't think none of us really, you know, on the surface really thought about coming into the season. But as you got into the season, you're like, hold on, I can find value taking this team's first half team total instead of sweating, you know, a whole game spread against, you know, uh, a, a lower ranked team. So those have been some of, you know, my favorite things to, you know, to kind of hit on and kind of play. Yeah. And also I, I have right in front of me right now over at FTM bets, uh, college football, best bets of the week for bowl season. Uh, this is written by our guy, Javon Alford. Uh, so you can go ahead and check that out. I'll make sure that I tweet out this article as well, which you can find at Benny Heiss. But there's three games taking place on Saturday. So let's let's quickly dive through these as far as where you're going with it. You got the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Georgia Southern against Ohio. Um, I'm rooting for Ohio, even though Georgia Southern are a three and a half point favorite because uh, they gifted my Indiana Hoosiers, uh, Curtis Rourke, uh, right. transfer portal, who I am just and like that is a dude. That is a that is a real ass quarterback that is going to the Big Ten uh, with Coach Sags and the rest of that staff. And I am fired up about it. Having said that, you know they are going up against a, a Georgia Southern team that uh, has played well, and uh, you're going to have to lay that three and a half, but you can still find them uh, at only minus one hundred five at DraftKings Sportsbook. Jacksonville State, Louisiana Lafayette in the New Orleans Bowl. You have Jacksonville State as a two and a half point favorite in that game um, with a total of 59. And then the Cricket Celebration Bowl between Howard and Florida A&M, uh, which is going to be, I think, a really, really fun game. Uh, total only a 50 and a half, uh, considering that, that both of these offenses I thought have actually played pretty well this year. So I thought the total would be a little bit higher. Uh, in that upcoming matchup. So really quickly, I, I know you got plays on all three of them. Uh, so let's let's dive through them. Yeah, starting off, you know, at the top, like you said, there's like six, there's like six bowl games tomorrow when you include the celebration bowl. So there was like so many to pick from. So these are like you said, my three that I really like here. As you mentioned, I'm taking Georgia State, I mean Georgia Southern, excuse me, minus the three and a half point, mostly because we're looking at Ohio Bobcast team, like you said, that doesn't have Curtis Curtis Rorick. You know, they're not going to have their lead in rusher. He's in the transfer portal. Their lead in receivers in the transfer portal. They're going to be starting Parker Navarro, likely, who has only thrown 10 passes this season. Granted, the Bobcats, two and two against the spread in non-conference games and four and a five as against the spread of the favorite this season. I think that Georgia Southern will cover this number and get the spread. They're 0-4 against the spread in their last four. But I think, you know, They'll try to get their act together here in a spot where they have a veteran quarterback in Davis Brennan who struggled in their last game against Appalachian State, but they're 3-1 and against the spread non-conference games this season, and they should, they should, they should, they should play well. I think just because Ohio missing a lot of key guys on offense that kind of scared me, even though their defense is solid, we don't have those playmakers on offense. I think this is a spot where, you know, Clay Helton gets his first bowl win um, over at Georgia State with the Eagles. All right, so we got Georgia State minus three and a half, and then uh, I know you got a couple total plays uh, on those other two games as well. Who do you like there? Yeah, Jackson State, Louisiana, Lafayette. Rich Rod gets the, the Gamecocks in the in 
into a bowl game. I, we didn't think that was going to happen, right? Jacksonville and uh, James Madison didn't think they were going to get into the bowl games, but they got in and, you know, well-deserved, you know, for both squads here. For me, I like the, I like, I know everybody likes the over in this spot just because you have two teams that can run the ball, you know, really well in this matchup. However, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to go against the grain and take the under here, 59 and a half, under 59, which I found um, at DraftKings. Uh, again, it's more so to play of this Gamecocks defense, which has only allowed, you know, 20.3 points per game in the regular season, which was the best in conference USA. They also led the conference with 36 uh, sacks. They'll be going up against uh, Raging Cajuns, you know, team that will that's going with Red Shirt Junior quarterback Chandler Phillips, who's played well the last three games for injured Zion Chris. But I like the way that the Jacksonville State team can run the ball and kind of control the clock. Averaging 232.3 rushing yards per game, second best in the conference this year. The run defense for Louisiana, not that great. I know people will probably take, like I said, the high total because they're both teams can run the football, but I'm going to go against the grain and take the under there um, in the New Orleans Bowl. And then last but not least, this the Cricket Celebration Bowl. I think this is, like you said, it's going to be a great game. The MEAC trying to, you know, the not the MEAC, excuse me, the SWAC trying to, uh, get the get back into the win column. It's been a minute since the swag has, you know, yeah, won a celebration bowl. You know, they almost had it the last couple of years, but Jackson State couldn't get it done. I think this is the spot where they get it done this year with Florida A and M. Willie Simmons has done a great job with the Rattlers this year. Eleven and one, pretty much dominated the competition in the swag, and they've been on a mission since you know their first game in the Orange Blossom Classic against Jackson State. Just took it to them. Jeremy Musa, pro prospect played really well this year they have a great running game that you know scored you know 15 rushing touchdowns they averaged 30.7 points per game in the fcs which is pretty good considering the quality of teams that we've seen in the fcf playoffs this year so i think that played a huge factor in this game and in their defense outstanding got a pro prospect there too with isaiah major who was named the swag defensive uh player of the year this year and then the bison who They've done well. I think they've done really well this year in the MEAC. You know, they beat, I think they beat North Carolina Central. They beat Morgan State to get to this spot. Really good, you know, season for them. Very good run, very good rushing attack, you know, led by Jared Hunter and Eden James. Eden James might sound familiar. He's the son of Edrin James. Yeah. So he's a little. Oh, man. Yeah, we're getting old, are we? Yeah, we get, we're getting way old. So those are the two names to watch there on Howard. They're really good against the pass. They only give up 129 and a half passing yards per game, which is first in the FCS. However, I just like the Rattlers in this spot. Very good team on both sides of the ball. 4-0 against the spread to end the regular season. They won their last four games by 22 and a half. Mm-hmm. They were dominant. Beating Prairie View A&M twice within their span, who they also beat in the SWAC title game. So if you're the SWAC, congratulations. You will probably be walking away with your first Celebration Bowl title in as many years. So again, you can find those college football best bets for bowl season coming up over at ftmbets.com. You can read Javon's work over there. Georgia State minus three and a half. Excuse me, I did it too. Georgia Southern minus three and a half in that first matchup uh, against Ohio. Uh, The under between Jacksonville State and Louisiana Lafayette at 59. And then we're going Florida A&M minus six and a half. Uh, in that matchup as well against Howard. I, I know we're still, you know, week or two out from some of the local teams playing, but uh, some intriguing matchups. I'm curious if uh, you have a lean either way 
Uh, you got uh, KU and UNLV that game in Arizona for the guaranteed rate bowl. Jayhawks, 12 and a half point favorites in that matchup against the Rebels. Uh, Pop Tarts Bowl, NC State versus Kansas State. If uh, anybody joined us last week with uh, Stormy, uh, we talked about uh, whether or not we could bet on what flavor the edible Pop Tarts mascot was going to be. Set odds for that uh, with Stormy Bon and Tony. Uh, and then the Cotton Bowl Classic between Mizzou and Ohio State. And there was just all sorts of movement in that game, too, Javon. Um, seeing Missouri open up as a dog, and now we're looking at them as a two and a half point favorite uh, on drafting sportsbook against the Buckeyes. So, KU, K State, Mizzou, do do any of those matchups uh, catch your eye as far as some early reads go as to where you'd want to consider wagering? KU UNLV is probably going to be a very fun matchup. I mean, Jason Bean, I think, has done a really good job in that rushing attack that that KU. Has you know brought with Nil and Highshaw, I think has just been outstanding. But then on the other side, UNLV, Barry Odom has done a great job there with the Rebels. Like they, if you have people haven't had a chance to watch them this season, late night out on the West Coast, like this team can put up points and they can run the football with the best of them. Brennan Marion's done an excellent job with that offense. So twelve and a half points seems like a lot of points. I think, I think their quarterback UNLV quarterback might have went to the transfer portal, so I got to double check that. Um, for this matchup, the over seems very appellant. I know it's like 64 or something like that. I'll buy it for it. Because it's uh, 64 and a half. Yeah, so you got two offenses that can score. I do like that total in that one. And then Missouri, you said Missouri, Ohio State. Missouri, Ohio State, uh, Tigers, two and a half point favorites. Honest, honestly, honestly, if, if, I'm, if I'm a Missouri fan, I'm slamming that number like right now just because we know Kyle McCourt. And then a transfer portal, uh, and that was the Buckeye starting, you know, quarterback for the whole season. I don't know how much you put stock into Devin Brown, you know, being, you know, coming in there and going against, going up against, I think, a Tigers team who I think is probably motivated to end the season on a high note, especially with how they, you know, played the season with Brady Cook or Cody Strader and those guys. So if I had to make a play on that one, I'm taking the Tigers, you know, minus two and a half, just because we don't know about the situation. Obviously, like I said, McCord's in the transfer portal, but also, Marvin Harrison Jr., we don't know is he what he's going to do for pro prospects, but one has to believe. I would think he might not play in this game. So right now, if you can right now, like I said, number that two and a half, I wouldn't hesitate on, you know, pulling that on getting on that right now. Yeah. Last uh, reports that I've seen uh, were that he was, quote, undecided on his status for both the Cotton Bowl and the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, I think that's just a guy trying to, you know, keep his teammates motivated for that game. Um, he, he has a chance to go off the board, maybe at number two or number three overall. Yeah. But the, the man, the man has done everything asked of him at the collegiate level. He's going to be a star at the NFL. And, uh, there is no need for him to play, especially if the starting quarterback is no longer going to be involved in that game. Javon, I appreciate you, man. This was so much fun. Thanks for being a part of the show. Obviously I know folks can find you on Twitter at Javon 10. They can also find your work over at FTM bets. Uh, so please make sure you guys are giving him a follow and hitting him up and reading his outstanding work. Thank you for being here, man. It's always good to catch up and uh, good luck with all those bets this week. Hey, appreciate you having me on. Let's see what happens. Let's see what the Chiefs do. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. You bet.